Our first reading this morning comes from the book of 2 Corinthians. King Jehoshaphat was a really a good king. He did a lot of good things. I mean, we'll talk about that later today. But he made a couple of mistakes along the way and was not pleasing with God. And so, of course, uh, when there comes mistakes, there also comes uh, consequences. From 2 Chronicles chapter 20, beginning with the 35th verse, we read, Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Azza, king of Israel, whose ways were wicked. He agreed with him to construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were built at Izan Geber, Eliezer, son of Dadivu of Mereshah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Azza, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. That is our first reading. Our second reading is from Ephesians chapter 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from, the, from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourselves to one another out of reverence. For Christ. That is our second reading. Let's please rise for our gospel reading for today, recorded in the book of John, the eighth chapter, beginning with the 31st verse. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, Well, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me a man who has told you the truth that I had heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus answered and said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own, God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? 
because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove to me guilty of sin? I am telling the truth. Why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That is our gospel reading. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. I go through the week trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about. And then all of a sudden I hear an interesting story on the radio. It's just like, oh, that's an interesting story. I wonder how I can use that in my church on Sunday. According to the Charlotte Observer, the American bald eagles may be beautiful, majestic creatures. But one just embarrassed himself in the mountains of East Tennessee. You see, there was a call-in stating that there was a bald eagle that was injured. So they went to the scene. They found the eagle in the woods near a road with no apparent injuries, and he was very mobile. They posted it on their Facebook page. The officers caught the bird and inspected it. That's when they realized that this 24-year-old eagle was not injured, but instead suffering from severe gluttony. Did you know that if an eagle eats too much, he can't fly? He's glutton. He's just, he, he brings his weight down. He was trying to get off the ground, and he could not because he was just gorging himself like I wanted to downstairs this morning with all the food there. Gluttony. So I kept thinking, okay, now how can I use that in a sermon for a church? And I thought about the world, the world as a whole, everything in the world. Where do we basically feed ourselves? We feed ourselves from the things around us instead of from the Spirit of God. See, several years ago, Billy Graham once said, Only God can break down the national and racial barriers that divide men today. Only God can supply that love that we must have for our fellow men. We will never build brotherhood of man upon earth until we are believers in Christ Jesus. As a nation, we must become believers in Jesus Christ. But what has happened over the years is that we have come into this freedom of speech, this freedom of whatever it is you want to do and get away with it, and have gone away from the truth. You see, the truth will set us free. But people are grasping to the wrong truth. It is important to stay informed about world news. God's word says we should guard our hearts and our eyes. God wants us to focus on his promises, not the darkness of this world. Now, I don't know how many of you realize, but your eyes are like a lantern. In Matthew 6, 22, he says, The lamp of the body is the eye. 
If therefore your eye is good, your body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. What we see goes into our whole body and is a lamp to us. And so it comes down to light versus dark. Can you see God? Or do you see the gluttony of this world? You know, it's too easy to get filled up with the things of this world. Oh, all the materialistic things that we got to have. Oh, the neighbor's got a boat, so I got to get a bigger boat. The neighbor's got a new car, I got to get a new car. Keeping up with the Joneses. Hopefully there's no Joneses here. But we try to keep up with the neighbors. We try to do, outdo everybody. We try to outperform. We try to fill our hearts with the things of this world. And when we do that, we can't get off the ground and search for God. Then we become grounded on this planet. And there's other places that we want to go. We want to be able to go up in heaven. We want to be able to soar with God, soar with the Spirit, with the truth, with the love, with everything that He has. But yet, there's no room. And that interesting dialogue we had here with Jesus and those, those Jews around him, just going back and forth, can't you understand what I'm saying? And they don't get it. They're just totally in the dark. Yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. They're consumed with the materialistic things of this world. They're consumed with their own way instead of God's way. Oftentimes we find ourselves in a place of pleasing man and not Christ. We like to be popular. We like people to like us, don't we? We, you know, we like everybody to say, hey, I, I like you and, and, uh, and so forth. But not everything we do is going to be pleasing to everybody. I mean, I've done things in the past that have made people mad. Especially when you're running newspaper, you know. You do write some stuff that you speak the truth and people don't want to hear the truth. And when they don't want to hear the truth, what happens? They get mad. Because the truth pertains to them, but yet they don't like it. Our heart is a place where we need to really examine what is in it. Is there room for Christ or is it filled with too much garbage, too much clutter of this world? You know, with our hands, we can build up or we can tear down. With our mouths, we can bless or we can curse. With our eyes, we can convict or we can condemn. With our minds, we can encourage or we can destroy. With our ears, we can obey or we can judge. We are humans. We are sinners, but we're also saints. But we have to decide which way we want to go. It comes down to serving God or serving man. Jehoshaphat, the fourth king of Judah, became one of the country's most successful rulers for one simple reason. He followed the commands of God. I kind of wish... This story would relate to us here today in the United States. It kind of does, but it's not near strong enough as what Jehoshaphat did. 
At age 35, Jehoshaphat succeeded his father, Asia, who was the first good king over Judah. He also did what was right in God's eyes and led Judah in a series of religious reforms. When Jehoshaphat took office about 873 B.C., he immediately began to abolish the idol worship that had consumed the land. He drove out the male cult prostitutes and destroyed the Assyria pools where people had worshipped false gods. To solidify devotion to God, Jehoshaphat sent out prophets and priests and Levites throughout the country to teach people God's ways. God looked with favor on Jehoshaphat, strengthening his kingdom and making him wealthy. Neighboring kings paid tribute to him because they feared his power, which came from God. But Jehoshaphat was human, and so he also erred. He made some bad decisions. He allied himself with Israel by marrying his son Jerom to the king Arab's daughter, Aram and his wife, Queen Jezebel, had well-deserved reputations for wickedness. At first, the alliance worked, and everything was going great. But then, Ahab drew Jehoshaphat into a war that was against God's will. God did not want to be involved with this war, but yet, he was drawn into it. The great battle at Ramoth-Gilead was a catastrophe. Only through the the intervention of God did Jehoshaphat escape, but his son was killed. Following that disaster, Jehoshaphat appointed judges throughout the Judah to deal fairly with people's disputes. So then he, he realized what he had done wrong, and he had to emphasize the fact that this is God's ways. And it brought stability back to his kingdom. So everything is good while well, Jehoshaphat is following God. But when he filled that space, or he started to deviate away, He got into trouble. If we're filled with gluttony of the world, then we'll be like that eagle and we'll be grounded, unable to fly. It says in Ephesians 5.15, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We are to submit ourselves to God. We are to live by His rules and regulations. He set them forth to protect us, not to burden us down. As long as we follow God's commandments and His rules, there's love in the air. It's when we start deviating. You know, people who lie, they, they'll keep on lying. They get, and pretty, pretty soon they get themselves custom. It gets easier to lie. But what happens is that pretty soon... You ask a question, okay, now how did I answer that? You start forgetting how you answered the questions because you lied so often. If you always tell the truth, you always know what the answer is going to be. But the moment you start deviating away and start not telling the truth, you're falling into the ways of this world. We are to submit ourselves to God. James chapter 4 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. 
you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you're asking with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means an enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says that without reason that he jealousy longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. And that's why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. We are to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee away from you. Our hearts. There's, there's a space in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. Sometimes it seems dark. Sometimes that space seems sad and lonely. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we just struggle with life, not knowing what we should do next or how we should do it. Sometimes we'll revert to the ways of this world and then we're going to become grounded. Because the ways of this world is pleasure. The ways of God is eternal and an everlasting life. What we have here is strictly temporary. It's not going to last forever. Our lives, this shell that we live in, will not last forever. I keep thinking I'm going to live to 150, but the closer I get to 100, I'm not sure. We do what we can. You know, it's like that woman at the well. She was offered living water. And she said, if I could only have some of this living water that Jesus was talking about. Because he said, you drink of this living water and you'll never thirst. But there's only one source of that living water. And that is through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can truly fill those dark spaces in your heart. Anything else is temporary and will not satisfy. King David, he had everything. The highest position, unlimited possessions, great power, yet none of that was enough for him. He described himself as parched and thirsty for God. In Psalm 63, 1, we read, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being belongs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Then David went on to describe what he experienced when he drank deeply of God's love. Continuing in verse 2. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. The woman at the well, when she receives of that water, realizes. And she speaks the truth. And that was an interesting conversation in itself between Jesus and that woman. Jesus had a lot of interesting conversations with people around him. It's interesting that it's the one-on-one relationship that he had with those individuals 
and came to him. It's these crowds. It seems like safety in numbers, or I don't know what it is, but these Jews here in our reading for today just didn't get it. They were arguing with him. They, in their minds, believed that they were worshiping the true God. But in the scripture, it also says there are going to be many people who think they will believe in God and the day will come and they will come and Jesus will say, I never knew you because your motives were all wrong. You were filled up with the gluttony of this world instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, after a while, that eagle is, and after he wears off his excess food, he's going to be able to fly, and he'll be soaring again up in the air, a majestic symbol in America, the bald eagle. We, too, will be filled up with gluttony of the world from time to time. But once we return to God, once we allow the Spirit to come inside of us, we're going to be able to soar spiritually and believe and have peace and tranquility in our lives. If there's turmoil going on in your hearts, allow the Spirit to come in and take over and ask for forgiveness. In Matthew 6.24, says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Basically, you cannot serve God and the things of this world. You have to make a choice. Is it God? Or is it mankind? I have basically come to the point in my life where I really don't care what other people think. I'm more concerned about what God thinks. Am I doing the right stuff for God? then I'm happy. And people might, you know, and I haven't had any issues lately, thank God. But we all have those, those questions that we have to answer ourselves. Sometimes you get into a conversation and people will be talking garbage. You hang around that conversation and listen to it. Because you want to fit in. You want to be there. You want to be part of the group. When they start doing that, I just get up and walk to my office. i got other stuff I can be doing. I don't need to be listening. Because garbage in, garbage out, once we start hearing that, and constantly, it can take over if you're not careful. In James, the book of James, it talks about not hanging around other people who will bring you down. But hang around people. And I know people who ask the question, yeah, but I, this guy is really a good friend of mine. Are you telling me I should abandon him even though he's got a lot of bad habits? My answer to that, read the Bible, read James, you'll figure it out. Because what I say isn't going to matter. It's what the scriptures tell you. It's what God tells you. Sometimes we try to take a horse to water and try to take him to drink, you know. It doesn't work out very well. The horse will not drink if it doesn't want to. You cannot lead other people. All you can do is encourage them, 
and give them the tools necessary to lead their way to God. Hence, we have our tools for our books for our Bible study coming up, talking about God and, and how we can use these tools to bring other people into Christianity. That'll be coming up in your Sunday school lessons on Sunday mornings. So we go forth here today. We're all going to go downstairs and we're going to eat and eat and eat and eat probably. And I want you to think about that as you're eating. About all the food that's going in and pretty soon you might start feeling uncomfortable because he ate too much. And think about the world. Think about God. Think about the room in your heart, what's in it. We can use that as a tool to understand, like, okay, yep, my stomach is full. Where's my heart? Is my heart full of God? Or is it full of things of this world? In a little bit, we're going to take Holy Communion. It is time for us to commune with God, to receive His body and blood for our forgiveness. Because we have all erred. We have fallen short of the glory of God. That is why God instituted the Lord's Supper to remind us that His forgiveness is there for each one of us all the time. I mentioned it earlier this morning, and I think it's really cool. One of the... Uh, um, Wars in the Bible. Jehoshaphat, he's going into war. And in the front line, they're laughing because I already told them the story. In the front line is a, is a row of people. They're going into battle. And what do you think they'd be going into war with? Guns, ammunition, stuff like that? No. They went to war in the front row of singers. They were singing and giving glory to praise God. They were going into battle in the front line of a bunch of men who were singing to God. That's quite a scene if you think about it. And the enemy thought the same thing. It's like, what are they doing? And they're listening to this music coming forth from this other army. Here's the singers, the army's behind them. They're marching forward. And they're just like giving them the eye and pretty soon they're, they're starting to fight amongst themselves. And not really, what are we doing here? We can't be fighting a bunch of singers and, and all this stuff. And pretty soon they end up killing each other. And by the time Jehoshaphat's army gets there, <laughs> it's all done. All to the glory of God. So maybe we can sing ourselves out of trouble, huh? We can maybe try to do that. When things get tough, just start singing to God. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't want me singing. <laughs> but we can still sing in our car or by ourselves and whatever the case might be. We all have a voice. We all try to give God the glory. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with each one of us, and give God the glory and praise. Amen.